0: You are listening to the Pursuit of Purpose podcast, an impactful life podcast designed to share the stories of real people pursuing their own unique purpose in life. Our hope is that through shared experiences, we might be able to relate and encourage others to pursue in life what makes us feel most alive. If these experiences resonate with you, please share this episode with others so that we can continue to impact change. Thank you for your support, and we hope you enjoy this episode of The Pursuit of Purpose. Hi, Mr. Suarez.
1: Hello.
0: Do you like Mr. Suarez?
1: Um, no. No.
0: Is Mr. Suarez your father? Or is that no. like
1: No, the... yeah, I don't know. I just uh, it's not as it's too formal. Like, yeah. I like being informal. I mean I'm I'm a PT who originally had to practice in khakis and a button-down shirt and a tie, and now I practice in my my pants. I was pants gonna say your my, leggings yeah, and your sports my, bra. My, yeah, exactly, right? So um, I'm, I'm very casual, very laid back, so I don't, you know, yeah, yeah. Pat, Patrick is fine with me. P-dog maybe? P-dog maybe. Anyone yeah. call you that? Nope. Okay, so that's my new name <laughs> that's for you. your new name. I was
0: like on my way over and I was like, I'm going to introduce him as Mr. Suarez.
1: Yeah.
0: I bet he'll love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who are you? What do you
1: do? Um, so my name is Patrick Suarez. I'm a doctor of physical therapy. And I think that just kind of touches a little bit of what we do um, because, you know, people have some people know what PTs do or they think they know what PTs do. um, And then some people have no idea what physical therapists do. Um, They're just somebody that a doctor once referred them to to go get some exercises to get their injury better that that no one knows what's wrong with them. And so, um, what I like to say at our practice um, is that we're a little more performance based and i think you've seen that too um in our communications with with gym owners and and coaches and things like that um we're very much into into movement and continuing to get people to move mm-hmm. or to start getting people to move um doing it correctly doing it safely and doing it in a manner that allows them to do it for a long time yeah so that's kind of in a nutshell what we what we do and and i think we're kind of we're a very a good collaborative force with with gyms, um, coaches, other other types of, of, of areas that people are trying to trying to be fit or mm-hmm. or continue in their sport stuff like that.
0: Uh, where are you guys?
1: We are located in Latham, New York, and Saratoga Springs, New York. So we have oh, two I offices. I
0: forgot you had the Saratoga office. Yes, yeah,
1: so we have a Saratoga office. That one's run by um, mostly by one of our senior PTs, Allison Sinikowski.
0: Okay.
1: Um, she's been practicing for close to fifteen years. Um so she runs that location mainly up there. Um and then and then we have the Latham location which is more of our main our main hub.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh where is your Saratoga location like this one inside of another gym?
1: The the Saratoga location is its own standalone office. It is in a building with other gyms. So gotcha. there's a Metabolic Meltdown in oh, there. Oh, it's in there. Yeah, peak performance. So there are a couple yeah. of like uh, ball sport athlete type gyms yeah. and Metabolic which is kind of your hit class type of gym. Yeah. Uh, there's a powerlifting gym in there. There's a taekwondo studio in there. Perfect so, spot. Yeah, so we we rented kind of uh, like a two hundred square foot room. Cool. Uh, <laughs> drilled a squat rack into the wall, into the drywall and the metal and the metal studs.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, threw a table up, and that's that's our room up there.
0: I love that your PT office has a squat rack in it. Yeah. It looks like a gym.
1: Right. Yes. i would never
0: been to another PT office, but I don't know if that's what they look like. No.
1: So typically, I mean, your you, your regular your regular in network PT places to look more of like your medical office. Okay. Right. And and they have you know maybe some of them will have upwards of twenty pounds and dumbbells and weights and a lot of bands and things like that. Um, but you know, part of our philosophy is if we're if our goal is to get people back to working out or back to their sport mm-hmm. or getting them to start working out we have to load them Mm -hmm. so there's this gap of okay you know we worked on you for eight weeks um and we gave you a bunch of band exercises now go back to your CrossFit class right and it's like how is we didn't watch we didn't watch you move under load we didn't watch you do any of the movements that you're going to do in class Mm -hmm. so how can I honestly and, and truthfully and effectively communicate with your coach as to yeah you're ready to go and then you go and you know sprint down the field you go and do a pull-up and it's like oh it still hurts right um so so part of that gap that we try to fill with this performance side of things is okay yes we're gonna we're gonna work on your injury we're gonna do all that we're gonna try to find the root cause of your injury but before you go um you know before we release you back into the world um without any without any modifications or anything like that we need to load you we need to see you do those movements we need to see that the things we've been correcting are are, are holding and then you're going to be you're going to be safe and good to go when you get back to to whatever sport or um gym or class or anything that you, that you're looking to get back to
0: sounds responsible
1: yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> i try I try to be a good human I try you know and, and Yeah. That's the, the, so a lot of people come, will ask us about our model. So our model is different than your typical PT, PT network or PT insur- in, in network clinic, which is, you know, through your insurance and all that. And insurance dictates what you can and can't do. And mm-hmm. in order to run a business that way, um, there has to be a lot of volume and, and you know, it's, it's not that there are bad PTs or good PTs. I mean, there are just like any other profession, right but that model in my, in our opinion, doesn't, doesn't lend to, um, getting people back to what they need to do. Uh, appropriately. And so what they want to do and what they want to do. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's, and that's kind of our motto is, is, you know, what do you love to do? And are you able to do it the way you want to do it? If you're not, then we got to figure out how, how, what we need to do to get you there. Right. right. So, um, so that goes back to that, you know, making sure we load you, making sure you understand what being loaded is and yeah. different positions of movement and all that.
0: I think that's good. And I have had many conversations with people at our gym about their experiences with other PTs. Mm -hmm. And I know when someone comes to see you guys that they're going to come back to me or back to whatever movement it is, you know, that they were kind of restricted from for a while. I I trust that they're coming back prepared to do Mm -hmm. that and that, you know, I think it kind of takes responsibility because if someone goes to another PT and then comes back to the gym, I'm kind of like, well, what did you do? What haven't you done? Um, okay so you 're basically like a baby, and we need to ease you into all these things and i haven 't seen you do anything, but when people come to see you and they come back to the gym and you give them clearance to do things, I trust that they 're actually ready to come back and that they 've done the things and that you 're sure that they 've like done them properly so from a coach 's perspective and a business side on the other end it 's really helpful
1: yeah well and I think it 's our responsibility to tell you if they 're not, so you know the whole this whole like siloed medical system thing is not, it's just not good. Right. So, you know, the gym atmosphere, the PT atmosphere should be more can, you know, it's not necessarily medical, but it should be considered within that realm. So, you know, when I'm, when I'm releasing someone back to the gym or not releasing them back, but saying like, okay, you know, you can still keep working out. I want you to keep moving, Yeah. but let's make sure that, you know, we're not gonna go overhead for the next couple of weeks. You're gonna do front squats instead of overhead squats. You're yeah. gonna do dumbbells instead of barbells, and those things need to be need to be relayed and communicated with the people that are gonna be watching them the most, which is which is the coaches. You know, they they're there. You know, most members at at these type of gyms now are going four, five, six times. Sometimes you gotta tell them to stop coming. Yeah. You know, take a day off. Yeah. Um. So you know, you guys as the coaches and the gym owners are the ones that see them the most. Mm-hmm. Um. So. You know, you, you have a good understanding of 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 them as a, as a person and as a client. And if we're not, if we're not being responsible on our end and relaying some of those messages to you, uh, then it makes it a little more uncomfortable, a little more difficult for you guys. And and you know, for us, it's really more about like I want to keep people moving. Mm-hmm. I want to keep them moving safely. And then at the same time, I want to get them back to to what they want to do. My one of my biggest pet peeves is when they come to me and say, "Oh well, they told me just to stop." Yeah, just not do anything.
0: Yeah, we've had this conversation. Yes, we've had. It makes me so
1: mad. So mad. So like you know, just because some of the people in the healthcare practice, um, profession don't understand how much how much weight their words carry to people, and yeah. so you know when you tell someone don't well don't do anything, they're literally not going to do anything. They're going right. to sit there and do nothing, and versus. Well, it's your shoulder. Why don't we get on a bike? Yeah. Why don't we air squat? The whole Why rest of your do... body. Right. So, and, and, you know, as, as I've always said, and I, I can't say one person or one, one place that I've gotten it from, but movement is medicine. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the more you move, the better, the better you feel. Yeah. Um, so to have someone completely stop is, is, is crazy to me.
0: Yeah. I actually had a woman, um, she's come to see you a couple of times, but um, she was sitting down on the bench. She comes to our morning classes and, um, She was sitting down on the bench, and we were talking about her hip, Mm -hmm. and she said something along the lines of that. Her doctor... So she hurt her hip running a 5K. She does CrossFit. She's an older woman. She hurt her hip doing a 5K. I
1: just emailed her today.
0: And her doctor was like, stop doing CrossFit. You should be walking and doing Pilates. Mm -hmm. And she was like, he doesn't understand that I didn't hurt it doing CrossFit. And he doesn't understand that, like, CrossFit is scalable and i was like no tell your doctor to call me like tell him i want to fucking talk to him Mm -hmm. and that i'm not an idiot and that if he tells me what the problem is or what you what lends itself to you getting hurt or aggravating it or what lends itself to you getting stronger then tell him to talk to me about it he doesn't understand that you're not just going to not do crossfit anymore and i think that that's very irresponsible on the end of Anyone that says that, whether it's a PT or a doctor or, you know, someone that thinks that they're helping someone just saying don't do it because that person is going to continue to do it. So it's you just like putting a Band-Aid and thinking that you're doing your job by being like, yep, just don't do it. And knowing that that person is going to go do it, but you don't want to take the time to take that next step to communicate something. Or
1: taking that or them just going and listening and taking that away from them, which from a mental health standpoint is beneficial and there's so many other, right? Resistance training for, for this particular client, mm-hmm. for, for osteoporotic and osteopenic type of stuff. Like as an older woman, that how important that is. Yeah. Um, like, you know, there's so many other benefits. And, and I think, you know, it, with any of these type of workouts, whether it's CrossFit or Orange Theory or metabolic or any yep. of those that can get pretty intense, they're all scalable. Yeah. They're all scalable. They can all be modified um, to challenge you, but also to continue to, to get the benefits of, of the movement and the exercise.
0: And if, and that's just the thing is that, you know, and I said to her, I sat down next to her and I said, look at me, I'm like really serious right now. I want you to look your doctor in the eyes and say, so would you prefer that I get osteoporosis and that my bone density decrease like now, or would you rather me still continue to do weight training and strengthen my bones and my joints in a responsible way if you'll just tell me and my coach how to do that? Mm -hmm. And she like just looked at me and I was like, no, because weight training and training in a responsible way helps you to not break your hip at 72 right. years old, go into a nursing home and fucking die at 73. Yeah. Yeah. Like the stronger you are, the longer you're going to live. And your doctor's essentially saying that your mental health and your physical health is not that important to me. So I don't, I'm not going to take the five or six minutes to call your coach and say, you know what, maybe this person just needs to decrease their volume. Right. Or how about we just don't lift the, have them lift over this much weight or whatever it is, it's, to me, it's like, what? Yeah. I just don't understand. And
1: I, and I think you'll see that start to change, yeah. right? That'll start to change as, um, as, as you get some more turnover in the medical field yes. and things like that. And then and the newer generations come in who, where this research, I mean, I think it's, it's some crazy, crazy rule. Like it's like, it takes like 17 years for research to actually hit practice. Okay. Um, and so, where, where a lot of this research that has happened in the last 10, 10, to 20 years will start to come in, you know, in these next, in these next five to 10 years. And some of that, yeah. you know, it's something that we see now we have a couple of, a couple of physicians that we work with, um, a little closer that, um, that understand that. And, uh, you know, when we, when it's the same thing with the coaches, like when we refer people to them, we, we communicate with them as to what we're doing, what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, what we're seeing, why we're seeing it. Um, and so I do think, I do think it's, it's going slowly in the right direction but but it's going that way and and you know unfortunately you have some some still some scenarios where that's just not the case
0: yeah i feel like that is also a common theme throughout much of medical like outside of movements and injuries and and external things on the inside, too. And I, I've, this is like a whole other conversation, yeah. but I think that, you know, and I talk to people sometimes who complain about doctors and complain about, you know, the medical industry. And I'm like, yeah, but you also have to understand that mm, probably 85 to 90% of people don't have the same mindset as you. Most people, a lot of people go mm-hmm. to a doctor and they just want a quick fix. Right. They are actually looking for a reason to not go to the gym, they're actually looking for a reason to not. Um, you know, change their diet. If you can give them a pill, if you can give them something that just makes it not hurt anymore, a lot of people want that. Right. And so, from a doctor's perspective, insurance, like all the time perspective, it's like okay, most people are going to respond to this because, you know, a lot of people. If you sit down with them and say you need to change your whole livelihood, you need to do this extra pe- these extra six yeah. exercises, most people are gonna be like, you know what. No, Good. I'm not gonna yeah. do that. But the people that come to you mm-hmm. because generally they are, if you wanna go call them athletes in the way of they work out five to six times a week, religiously it's important to them. They're willing to do that stuff. Yeah, well
1: they're invested in they're invested in their health and they're motivated. I okay. I call them, I call them motivated movers. Ooh, Whoever like it is. That. Whatever whether it's you know, whether it's your mid to late sixties uh grandma who's just wants to stay fit to get to be able to run around with her grandchildren. Yeah. To your fifteen-year-old, you know, fifteen-year-old stud soccer player who's gonna, you know, getting signed by multiple Division One colleges right now right. and stuff like that. They're they're all both they're motivated movers, right? And so their motivation might be different. The type of movements that they're doing might be different, but they're motivated to maintain their health um, from a longevity standpoint. Both both sides. So yeah, that's you know those are those are the type of people that that we love we love working with because they're going to invest that time it takes to actually make the changes you just talked about Right, and change your habits, change your, change, change the way you eat, change the way you move, change how often you move, change like all of that. Those are all habit changes. Yeah. Um, and they don't come, they don't come easy. You got to have a little bit of skin in the game in order to do that. So
0: what do you think motivates people to make those changes?
1: Um, okay. I would for us that what we see here. Um, It's a combination. So we have both, you know, younger athletes who are motivated by trying to get to that next level, whether it be, you know, make varsity or play college or not just play college, but play division one or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, anything like that. Just have a have a good senior season. Um, That, that motivation is there for those younger, for those younger clients. As, as you move up and get a little bit older, that motivation changes. You know, some, some people, when you're going in, in kind of that early adult, uh, stage is more just to try and maintain your fitness level that you had when you were younger, or have a little bit of that competitive edge, mm-hmm. or it's a big stress relief for them, right? And so those okay. those are the motivators um, that I typically see with that age. And then as you get older, it's more just to be able to like, life's crazy. I got to keep up with life. Yeah. Um, not only is this my hour to to relieve stress. But it helps me, you know, stay stronger. It helps me stay more aware. I can, you know, I can be up and moving constantly with my kids, my young kids, my teenage kids, my grandkids. Um, and then it comes more down to, you know, ultimately that mortality thing, right? Yeah. Um, your whole goal uh, is, and I, again, I forget where I, where I hear this, but I just hear things and then I like them and yeah. then I use them. Um, is like I'm, Just quote yourself. I'm just looking to, <laughs> to make me harder to kill. Right? Yeah. So whatever makes me harder to kill, mm-hmm. and whether that is physically, mentally, um, through through health and, and nutrition, you know, whatever keeps me keeps me healthy and makes me harder to kill, but from disease or physical stuff, that's that's what I'm looking. That's what I'm looking to do, and that's what I'm looking to help people with.
0: Yeah, and my first our first podcast was on motivation through discipline, and we were talking a lot about how when people get older. You know, motivation, if you're not that high school athlete Mm -hmm. trying to make a team or, you know, if that tangible thing isn't there as motivation, people kind of lose reason to, they feel like they lose reason to work out. And that's Mm -hmm. what I was telling someone was just, you know, what about not dying? Right. (laughs) Like, what about not, you know, again, I use this example all the time, but you you know, it's like, you know, you're 56, 60 years old, you fall, you have osteoporosis, you break your hip and now you're in an assisted living and then... And then what? And then what? Yeah, because then exactly. you're definitely not
1: getting up and moving around right. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. That I I would say we have some people who are more motivated just to be a better um, a better image and a better and a and a better role model for their kids. Yeah. Like, you know, practice what you preach, kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you they'll 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 get you know healthier and want to move more um, because you know their kids are starting to move more, get into get into sports, and they want to be able to move and do things with them. So. A handful of different reasons. Yeah. Um But, but I think, you know, any way that you get that motivation, you know, you have to hold on to that so that you can yeah. keep, you can keep doing it. Because like you said, it it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to do this stuff.
0: For sure. Uh, what got, what made you like decide to pursue this route of PT?
1: Um, so actually, originally I wanted to be a pediatric physical therapist. Okay. I, I wanted to work with kids. Um okay. So... Uh, I loved working with kids, especially like coaching and all that kind of stuff and it and when I was in school, it just so happened that we do clinical rotations and the pediatric clinical rotation I was supposed to go on fell through like a week beforehand hey. so I never did the pediatric rotation I did an orthopedic outpatient rotation um and then that that clinical instructor um you know, had told me what a great job I did. And then my next one was already planned and that was going to be another sports one. Okay. So I did, I ended up doing two of the, you're not supposed to, you're supposed to do different ones each time. So I, I did one in a the hospital, then I was supposed to do pediatrics and then I was supposed to do my sports one. Okay. So because I did two like orthopedic and sports ones back to back, um, I, my, my skills as a student got pretty good. And mm-hmm. both instructors were, were, um, were really happy with what I was doing and and I had gotten some really good feedback. And, um, so I just stuck, I was like, okay, I like this. I like sports. I like orthopedics. I like, I like helping people. So, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, Mm -hmm. if you put me in front of someone and say, Hey, this person needs your help, I'm going to do everything I can to help them regardless of who they are, what they do. Um, so I ended up, I ended up going more orthopedic route, um, after that. And I actually ended up in a clinic in, in um, just outside of DC that worked with professional dancers. Okay. Which was not a realm that I was uh, wow, that so, I knew anything about. Yeah.
0: So as a as a childhood a childhood dancer, not a child dancer, but uh-huh. childhood dancer, uh, what what were like common injuries that you saw
1: with them? With dancers? So like we so we worked most we worked with the with uh, the professional ballet company there, and then mm-hmm. we worked with like an off Broadway style stage um that did musicals for the dancers it's like hip mostly hip hip and foot injuries for for the dancers but they're also way more mobile so they get more of like that sacral low back mm-hmm. um kind of instability because of how mobile they are yeah um so that's what we what I would see a lot of and it's you know it's it's funny cuz growing up and being more of a ball sport athlete baseball mm-hmm. basketball football hockey like I played all those things growing up you know coming in and just having a different perspective on on these people being dancers and and having a, a more of an appreciation for what it is that they actually do yeah um you know they're professionals they're they're practicing and rehearsing 6 6 hours a day yeah. just like just like any other professional athlete would um so the wear and tear on their bodies is crazy i mean you do you do see some pretty gross feet yeah. So, oh yeah. So feet now people people now be like oh I don't want you looking my foot I'm like trust me. Trust
0: me. I've seen more <laughs> I've seen bunions and corns but... and,
1: and nails falling off and yeah. than than anything than anything else so um, so I went I was at that clinic and started to try to start a little bit of a sports program there um, but ended up ended up working a lot with with professional dancers and that clinic there the my, the owner there was one of my mentors. She operated in a similar style to the way I operate. She was just more in that Pilates and, and performing arts world
0: okay,
1: versus kind of the ball sport, orthopedic, you know, fitness athlete world, mm-hmm. um, which I was trying to start to build when I was down there, and that was, oh, man, 2012 to 2018.
0: Okay, so about six years. Yeah. So I do math, right? You do math, yeah. So good. yesterday <laughs> yeah, I messed up a math or, problem and no one noticed. No, I no. was like, yes.
1: um so yeah i remember when i graduated actually no 2011
0: okay yeah (laughs) and so we
1: did that and and started to build that so i got i got a lot of knowledge on from her on you know this this more of this performance side of it so i tried bringing more of like the strength training to the dancers versus versus just you know rehearsing and doing just Pilates, let's yeah. let's start loading you and putting some weights on you and, and then see how high you jump and Did stuff they like, like that? that. No. Okay. Because they weren't used to it, right? Yeah. And so it's much harder to implement something, you know, when they've been in it for a long time. So yeah. so where you make that change is with the younger with the younger groups. So the younger right. schools and things like that, they would bring in to you know, the dance schools, we would bring in strength training for them so okay. they would get used to it. Yeah. <clears throat> which is kind of what we're doing here with uh a, with a, a local soccer club. We're starting with the you know, we have thirteen year olds all the way up to the eighteen year olds but if we can if we can teach those thirteen year olds right. how to squat how to move how yeah. to how to hip hinge how to lunge um, that takes away a lot that reduces their chance of injury a lot in terms of those ACLs and things like that yeah when they're eighteen and nineteen because by the time you know four or five years later down the road you ask them to squat boom they have a they have a strong solid squat they're stable right. um they're not buckling at their knees they're not when they plant their foot their knee isn't going to cave in mm-hmm. and, um, all that kind of stuff and so we try to implement some of those things, and so I was doing that down there a little bit, and then, um, and then we moved back up to New York. And I had always been interested in from that CrossFit side of things. Um, when we moved back up to New York, I jumped right into a CrossFit gym, which you know, you were there. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was two thousand eighteen. Yep, that's when we so this moved was here. Right before my gym opened. Right before you opened, yes. Yeah, okay, so you were there. You were working out with us at the gym that summer, I think. Yep. So I I moved here in March twenty eighteen. That summer, I started... We moved here March 6th, 2018. Okay. And I started at the CrossFit gym March 24th, okay. 2018. Um, and I loved it. I love the competitive side of it. You can be competitive with other people. You can be competitive you with yourself. You've never done it before? Nope. Okay. Um, and I was a pretty good mover. I had my... or I had. I don't have more. anymore. Uh, I had my Olympic lifting certification. Um, I had I had a couple others. My, I have my sports certification, orthopedic certification, PT. So I... And I played college baseball and soccer. So, I was a pretty good mover. So, I was like, all right, let me go try this. Yeah. Um. So, went in, had my first workout. I was like, I could do this. There were, like, there were uh, <laughs> sprint repeats on the rower. Yeah. Okay. 750 meters. Wow. And then, so, it was a 750 meter sprint. And then, I think it was pull-ups. Okay. That's awful. I about threw up Ugh. on the rower.
0: How many times?
1: I think it was five.
0: 750? Five yeah. times?
1: And yeah trying to kill you yeah so <laughs> I I left I got in the car and I sat in the car with my head against the window because I did not feel comfortable driving home yeah um because <laughs> I didn't feel like I had complete control over Your body? M- my body my yeah. vision my everything right
0: this is uh, not the norm in a I'm CrossFit in class. No, okay, this is my
1: first one, and this but was all because yeah. this was all because I got on the rower mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, I played yep. college sports, and yep. I'm in shape, and yep. I'm this, and I'm that, and I'm gonna win." Here we go. And I rode the first one, and I won the first one. Yep, and that was sure the only did. one I won. Yep. And then by the last one, I was the last one off. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't breathe anymore, I and that's it. all We're because I happens. went out too hot, and I still have that problem. But um, after that, that for me was like, "Oh shit!" Like, I am not in shape. Like I thought I was. Okay. I am not. Yeah. You know, I should be able to do that without a problem. Okay. I'm gonna come back tomorrow. Yeah. And do it again. Yeah. And so that was You're like, like the motivation. Is it the same for me. workout. Yeah, every right? day. Every day. Can we do it again? <laughs> I'm gonna do it again and again and again. <laughs> um. And so and so that got me into like, okay, I can I can be better. I want to be I want to be better. I want to be more fit. You know, I have this job as a, as this performance physical therapist that I'm just trying to start, which is what I was doing when I when I came Mm -hmm. um i need to i need to be in better shape if i want to work with these people yeah um i need to i need to you know i need to walk in their footsteps a little bit here so i can understand what it is that they go through um so from like the sports side i understood that because i played and i did all that in college yeah but from that fitness athlete side i was not ready for that Mm -hmm. until i got in and and you know the coach at the gym i was at at the time was like hey man like. You know, I came in explaining to him what I, who I was, what I was trying to do, all that. And he's like, well, just join the gym and yeah. we'll see what happens. And I was like, you know what? Challenge accepted. Yeah. And so I went, did it, loved it and got in, started speaking the language more, started studying more about it, um, t- taking courses on it, all that kind of stuff. And I, and I really liked it. And so, you know, that kind of is, is what led me more towards this performance side of PT because of the explosiveness of the Olympic lifting and that, that CrossFitters do. Right. Um, the cardio aspect of it that got me, you know, running back down, you know, in sub seven miles Mm -hmm. without actually running. Right. So yeah. Um, without actually running miles, right? You know, just getting that cardiovascular fitness up, and Mm -hmm. and so that helped. You know, getting into those classes and stuff helped me see, like, man, like this has gotten me better. It's gotten my shoulder stronger. It's gotten you know there are things from the PT brain that I would tweak or that I'm not super fond of, but. But
0: you mean butterfly pull ups for people who can't do the straight pull ups, yeah,
1: or sometimes like doing sixty reps of something um, You're like, how about you know, 40? Wait, yeah how, how how about we do less, or we break it up a little more and yes. stuff like that, yes. but things like that or or um you know, so like the ball sport athletes, you need more rotational work, yeah, um which we don't get as much in on CrossFit as yeah. as as some other things, but you know there's so some things in my p t brain that were like okay this is this is good, this is a great workout, this is a great way to get fit um yeah. there's some things that i would you know in my, that i would tweak if i'm if i'm ha- if i have somebody um in in crossfit that i'm seeing right. there's some things that i would want to add to their accessory program to make sure overall they're they're staying fit and not going to get not take, not going to get in trouble with a low back injury or right. shoulder injury things like that so yeah. so that's kind of the path i went um you know i wanted to do pediatrics then then went into ortho performing arts and then you know with a little bit of trying to build some sports and then came up and went when fitness athlete and sports, and that's that's kind of where I'm at now, and I love it, um, mostly because, like you said, of that mindset, that moted, that motivated mover mindset. Yeah, um,
0: it's contagious. Yeah,
1: and it makes it it makes it easy to come to work. Yeah. So
0: you work with people who like want to get better, right. and Wants to continue to do mm-hmm. what what makes them like excited on right. a daily basis. And
1: they push back on me, right? Yeah. They challenge me to continue to grow, to continue to learn. You know, especially the the kids who are on Instagram all the time. Like, oh did you see this guy? Have you seen this yeah, guy? On you're like, yeah, seen guy on I yeah. I know. I Does that don't.
0: make your life harder? Like the uh, Instagram yes. stuff?
1: Yes. Well, because some of it is like, um, well, this guy's doing this on Instagram and it seems to be working and I bought his program for fifty dollars and this one I'm like, yeah, we we we've been doing that.
0: Yeah? We've been oh doing, yeah. We, we've
1: been doing that for the last six weeks. Yes. But but it's like you're not doing it at home, but now that you're on Instagram and you're following this guy, right. now you're doing his program. Or, hey, did you see this on, on this guy? He's teaching you how to squat and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, that's why we had you put your feet here and your hips here. And so it's, yeah. kind, of, it's kind of sometimes like that that parent thing where yes. it's like, you know, you don't listen to your parents, but you listen to your coach or you yep. don't listen to your parents, but you listen to your teacher kind yeah. of thing, kind of thing. Sometimes that happens with the Instagram stuff. But it it's... There's a there's a pro and a con, right? It makes people a little more educated if they're following the right people. Correct. Um, but it also can put can put negative, you know, negative education out there and stuff like that. So, um, you know, when I do have people that 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 are regularly on social media, I'll I'll even I'll try to recommend like, hey, you should follow these people follow or these follow people. these people. These people have good content. You know, yeah. if you're going to be on there, you might as well. You know, if you know they're going to be on there on social media constantly, yeah. you might as well try and point them in the direction of people or things that you. That you trust or you like or you think are good good content to consume. Yeah. Because they're going to, like you said, they're going to do it regardless, right?
0: Right. Yeah, I try to send people things too when I see something that I think would apply to them Mm -hmm. from like a reputable source. I'll send it to them. As you said that, I was just thinking about like, you know, what drives someone to do that? Because as a coach, I see that a lot. You know, I'll tell someone this, this, this. I'll tell them for six months straight and then they'll go see... A new massage therapist right. that'll tell them the same thing. And they're like, "Oh yeah, they told me this yeah. and this," and I'm like, "I have no words right. for you, <laughs> but I'm glad that it was delivered in a way that was that made you hear it and that you could like understand." Um, right, but I think
1: now we can make progress, and that's fine,
0: right? And that's fine. That's- but the other thing I think is like so, especially on Instagram, it's like people like where's the buy-in? Mm-hmm. So and I and I think that. You joining a CrossFit and having the mindset of wanting to do those things and understanding what keeps people coming back to those things was probably a huge thing for you, like, moving in the direction that you moved Mm -hmm. in your PT. Because if you weren't, then A, you wouldn't have all of the clients of, like, the CrossFit community because you wouldn't have a presence there anyways, but also the buy-in of they know that you understand Mm -hmm. so right out the gate they know that you do crossfit he totally understands all the movements i do why i do it mentally physically Mm -hmm. all of the things so it's like that buy-in yeah and i think that that's you know important too i saw someone post the other day about like um you know if you don't look like you work out and this is um a sensitive subject but the i understand the root of it like if you if you are a coach or a gym owner and you don't look like you work out, what makes you think that people are going to like trust you right. or, or buy into what you're saying, Right. whether or not that's your
1: tech, you're, they don't think you're speaking their language. If you're right. telling them to do something that you haven't tried or you, or you have, a you know, and it's tough, right? Cause you see it in, you see it in sports also. Right. Like you get it, like these head coaches are like, Oh, you didn't play, you know, at this level, but they can still coach. Right. But right. yeah, there's, it's hard to get that buy in with it. And, and like you said, you, you need to be able to speak that language, um, because if you can't, then then they don't trust you as much. Yeah. Um. And you know the other thing too for me is I went and after doing that, after joining, after a couple of years working with the clients and all that, I wanted them to see what how does CrossFit what how do they talk about these things right because yeah. each each gym, especially in the capital region here, um, each gym is is very different. Yeah. right? The approach the the mentality uh the the programming everything is very different which i think is a great thing right yeah. cuz then you have a gym for every person that wants to look for one right yeah. um but i wanted to see how they talk about it themselves so then i went and got my level 1 yeah. um you know my my crossfit coaching level 1 and and you know i went into it try to go into it with an open mind and and some of it i agree with, you know some of it i agree with some of it i don't agree with and and but i can now use that with with the the clients that i have that do that that do those types of workouts and be like well you know what i understand you know what you're supposed to do here yeah based on like cross crossfit hq mm-hmm. um but i would want you to try this and then that's where that communication with the coach comes into play right yeah. and not every coach in the area does exactly what crossfit wants you to do either correct so um you know from that standpoint it's really just it's it's understanding like you said understanding where they're come from where they're coming from what they're doing, where they want to go, yeah. and 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 that and that side of it of like, I don't wanna I don't wanna stop. Um and that, you know, that's a whole nother ballgame, a whole nother area of like, mm-hmm. okay, well why? What's the fear? Yeah. Um and so that's a whole nother that's That's why you bring topic. like a
0: psychologist and yeah. you know, <laughs> all those yeah. things. Let me ask you, so what's one thing that you learned in your cross L one that you would coach differently or teach differently?
1: Uh, I wouldn't let anybody overhead squat that can't get their arms up over their head. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like if you can't, uh, or I wouldn't let anybody front squat or clean that can't get a front rack. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times when people clean, uh, they're doing a squat with an anterior isometric an anterior shoulder isometric hold they're just holding the barbell in front of them because they can't get their elbows enough to rest it on their shoulders yeah and if you can't get your elbows up to rest it on your shoulders then you can't do a proper clean right
0: and you break your wrists. you break the wrists
1: (laughs) your shoulders get get way too taxed and you start they start breaking down yeah um so those two would probably be the biggest thing the overhead squat if they don't have the mobility to get down into the overhead squat they shouldn't be overhead squatting they shouldn't be squat snatching or yeah. just snatching. If, yeah. If you're going Look at based you, knowing, on Olympic yeah, terms. Yeah. Um, or uh, if you can't get into that front rack, they shouldn't be front rack front squatting. You can front squat, you know, with the, with your cross grip. You can you can zombie squat. You can do all kinds of different things. Yeah. Um, but they shouldn't be doing that if they're just doing it. Because it's, it's also not a true indicator of their front squat. Sure. If their shoulders, the ability of their shoulders to hold the barbell up is what's limiting them. Yeah. Um, and then you shouldn't be doing a clean if you can't get in that front rack yeah so those are those are a couple of things and um i think you know and i understand they're limited in the in the time they have to teach and things like that but and this is where we come in and, and it seems like they're actually trying to go this way you know those people that don't get them or those coaches that are in those classes that can't do that or, you know, how do you then how do you teach them to get that? How yeah. do you get those front rack positions? How do you teach mobility? What are we looking for? What are you trying to do? And, yeah. you know, that's where we come into play a little bit more on on being able to to assess people's range of motion, being assessed people's movement and determining, you know, where the restrictions coming from and what do we need to do. Um, from either a manual therapy hands-on standpoint mm-hmm. um, or an accessory programming accessory um, exercises standpoint for for improving that so
0: what would you say someone comes into my class and can't safely get into an overhead squat what would you have them do in a workout
1: in a workout yeah. so if it's like in a wad yeah if it's in the wad and they can't safely overhead squat. So I usually just break the movement down, right? So we want some kind of a squat and then we want some kind of overhead piece to it. Mm-hmm. So I would either split it up because generally speaking, they're probably getting, if you're going to do like a back squat instead of an overhead squat, they'll probably move a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. So I would probably have them do a back squat and then an overhead, like a seated overhead press. Okay. Um, or I would have them do uh, a back squat, See, it just depends. And a mobility exercise. So I would either have them do like a wall angel, which we do like your back up against the wall, and you're yeah. just trying to keep your arms up the wall to try and stretch. Yeah. I would have them run through those and a squat. But, but I'm
0: an athlete, and I want to get my heart rate up. I want the I want the intensity of the Metcon.
1: So then you can squat heavyweight, back squat. Back squat? Yeah. You just, and then you're going to have to work on your mobility on your own.
0: What about, I just thought about this, what about with the same weight, a back squat into a behind the neck snatch grip push press so like you have the bar mm-hmm. you back squat stands and then yep. do like push press
1: yeah if they can keep if they can if they can get overhead without the yeah. squat if yeah. they can get overhead in that power position up at the top in that push press then yeah yeah mm-hmm. that would so be cool you can cool. go back squat and then you can go or you can or you can yeah, or, yeah, I would go snatch grip because then it's wider, like the like the overhead squat. Or somewhere
0: be. in between. Yeah. just a grip that is like that mm-hmm. they can get overhead with. Right. That would be a good skill option. But that's
1: how I look at it. If you can't do something, I look at what's the what's the objective of the movement. Right. And then let's break that down to get that stimulus in the wad. And right. then if it's if you can't do the movement for the lift, then that's when we're working on the things. That you would need to do to get that lift. Right. Right. So if, if you're working on, like if you're doing a five rep max overhead squat mm-hmm. and you don't have the ability yes. to overhead squat, let's work on the things that will help you get that Same. overhead squat. Yes. And then if you're overhead squatting in the workout, now let's, okay, what is that movement trying to accomplish? Right. Now let's break that down and see how we can still accomplish what we want in terms of strengthening and, and fitness for that movement. Yeah. Just in movements that are safer for you. Yeah. I
0: love that. Uh, we have a girl, a woman who um had a wrist injury at work so she can't use her one arm right now mm-hmm. like just can't do anything can't push can't pull like it's very just can't do it mm. um so you know like yesterday it was rowing and sandbag carries and one of our coaches Bree, she did the adaptive athlete um mm-hmm. training which is super cool and on my list of things to do so she put a ring like a ring that you would use for ring rows Mm -hmm. or muscle ups on, she like um, put like fabric around it. So it's like a softer handle because she's holding it with one hand or whatever. She puts it around the rower handle and then she holds the one end with her good hands. And then the other arm is there as like a pseudo, like she's not actually pulling with that arm, but she's and moving in the same way. And then, you know, it's challenging me to think of like, okay, so sandbag carry is like a midline hold, but she mm-hmm. can do a, like a forearm plank, a weighted forearm plank. Um, so just thinking outside of the box in the way of, yes, what is, what's this movement going to do for you? So talking about overhead squats, that is something that I would do is like, okay, you can back squat and then you can do, you know, whether it's shoulder mobility or mm-hmm. upper back strength or your triceps are just like, right rock solid locking and down your whole back and like shoulder area because I feel like that's something I see like people just can't (laughs)
1: straighten their elbows
0: I'm like what is going on there
1: and so a lot of times when that's overhead if you can't straighten your elbow when you're going overhead Mm -hmm. you're trying to use a lot of times it has to do with your shoulder stability so if I'm going overhead and I don't have good shoulder stability I'm gonna let my elbow bend so I can use my biceps more to hold the barbell overhead yeah because I don't have the ability to lock out, and not use my biceps, and be comfortable using it for my shoulder. Right. So a lot of times, too, is. So so, and it depends who the athlete is, right? Yeah. If you got a bigger guy who, yes. or, or a bigger lady who's got who's got pretty big arms, pretty big shoulders and traps, and they have an inability to straighten out or yeah. an inability to bend through or get into that front rack, I would I would go after those triceps and biceps. Yeah. You know, maybe they've been hitting the beach muscles a little too much. Yeah. Um, but if you have somebody who doesn't, and like in regular sitting, they they can extend. Right. Then that's where I'd be like, okay, we got to work on your shoulder stability a little bit more. Yeah. Because that's what's probably subconsciously letting you bend your elbow or let your wrist go back too much. So Just now I end up with, there. you know, now I end up with the, this, this tennis elbow or golfer's elbow yeah, and my biceps hurts because my shoulder's not stable enough in that overhead position. Yeah. But that's what I would do. You could do your heavy lift and then superset it with something that's, yes. that's going to build skill or whatever technique yeah. to the lift that we are trying to do.
0: Right. I feel like that's important too, because No one wants to be told that they can't do something. People won't, like I have this conversation with people, people will skip class because they don't want to be the odd man out. If they can't do something, they just won't come. And I'm like, no, we can work on it. We can, you can do your PT things. We can do literally anything. If you can't use your legs, we can use your arms. If you can't use your arms, we can use your legs. We can change the whole workout completely if we need to. But I think that giving them something that they can do and do confidently and do safely and then saying to them, well, do, do you, first of all, do you ever want to overhead squat? Because if right. they're like, no, then they probably also won't come. Right. Like, I don't want to overhead squat ever. Mm-hmm. And then having that conversation of, well, why? Yeah. We have a girl, she, when she first started, she couldn't overhead squat a training bar. She would drop it all the time. And one day she was like, this is so stupid. I thought this was functional fitness. When in my life am I ever going to hold something over my head and try to squat it? And I was like, listen, you could be mediocre your whole life. I don't care. Like, we're friends. I was like, I don't care. You could just quit and never touch a bar ever again, and I won't push you to. Or you could, like, pursue this thing that is challenging for you that you can do if you work on it because you've only ever done it twice in your life, Mm -hmm. and we can get better at it. And now she, like, PR'd her overhead squat at 100 pounds the other week. I was like... Every time she overheads class, I'm like, "Remember that time you just said this is so stupid <laughs> because
1: it was hard." And but, but you never know, right? Like you never know when you're going to need to do it. That's the whole point, right? So, yeah. like my daughter, she's four now. When she was a baby, the only way she would fall asleep is if I held her up over my head. Seriously? Yeah. Why? I held her what down. In my, I held her down at my chest. She would cry. My what? My wife would hold her. She'd cry. She would give her to me. Hold her. Hold her at my chest. She'd cry. <laughs> if I raise her up above my head, like Simba. Yep. Yeah, she'd fall asleep. So like you never know. Like I, I, had to just sit there, my back into wall, my arms up over my head. Really? But, yeah. So there's things, like, there's things like <laughs> oh, we God. literally flying, flying on a vacation with her, and she was crying, and my, my wife was like mortified that our baby's crying on the plane. I'm yeah. Like, she's a baby. Yeah. She's she's she was, let's see, four, four months old at the time. Kay. She's gonna cry. She's like, yeah. People are looking. People are staring. I'm like, I get it. What do you want me to do? She's like, you gotta do the thing. I'm like, you wanna do, <laughs> do the, 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 the thing. thing in the plane. <laughs> I, I don't care put it in the head. So compartment i'm holding her up in the airplane yeah she stops crying and some woman leans over she's like that's remarkable i can't believe that just happened she's like this happens regularly i'm like oh yeah this is what we do at home so like but you never know those things like so for her yeah what if you're what if you had to wade through water and hold something above your head seriously you know what if something was down below you and you had to hold something high up you just you just never know and so yeah. that's why I'm always kind of like that, what makes you, well, you know, what makes you harder to kill? It's,
0: yeah, that's, that's so true. Know,
1: so, think outside I, the box. Yeah, that's how I think of those things. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I don't need to climb ropes, right? When, when am I going to climb a rope, but... If at some point I need to pull myself up, right? Somewhere because some weird object I don't know or something. What if I what if I fall into a into a tiger kid thing when yeah. I'm at the zoo with my kids? Yeah, and I gotta climb up. A, I a, mean, or
0: if you're not a, a tree, tree with your kids, or you not see. if I'm there by myself, you just get you know, panda, uh, you know,
1: like yeah, I can do that, you know. So those those kind of things, and and sometimes my wife will be sitting there, and well, I don't know, I'll be zoning. Actually, what are you thinking about? I'm like, well, if I fall into. <laughs> the gorilla cage at the zoo you know i didn't hit my muscle ups today would i be able to run up the wall grab the top push up yeah if i she's like really that's what you're thinking about yeah i'm like yeah that's what i'm thinking about right yeah or
0: like you know your house is on fire right or your neighbor's house is on fire and they throw out a fucking blanket sheets and and you can climb that like you Uh know you just know And you feel more confident.
1: You walk differently because you could do that. Right, you can. You you would be, you know, you you would be someone who in a in a tough situation, if you need to physically act, you can.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Instead of being like, I don't know if I can help or if I can do that because I don't I don't know if if I can if I can get to that spot or do that thing. Yeah. And you know, just being more physically active and and just moving more and doing more things. Um, allows you to do that and this is one of the big things we talk about with our with our older clients is you don't you don't lose balance because you get older right you lose balance because you stop using it yeah and so you know as you get older you you move less you sit more yeah Um, you don't challenge your muscles as much Um, and so that's what yes you know there is some visual stuff some inner ear stuff that will Mm -hmm. that will affect your balance but most of it is because you're not challenging your muscles and your joints in those manners anymore. And that's yeah. why you end up losing more balance quicker. Yes. Um, and so, you know, that just goes with everything, you know, in movement and in muscle. It is like if you don't use it, you lose it kind yep. of thing. So
0: I was telling a new guy at the gym yesterday, um, He he came from Barbell Club and we were snatching and I just sat down with him and I was like, you know, if you can survive a snatch day and want to come back, like you're 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 good, you're you're coming back. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? Because most people either walk away and say that's stupid. I'm never mm-hmm. coming back. And I was like, but look around the room. There are, you know, we have a, a good portion of our gym population that's older people. And I was like, this woman is almost 60 years old and she is making the brain body connection to do something new, which is like challenging her brain and keeping Mm -hmm. her sharp and it's challenging her body and her ability to be reflexive. So she's not going to trip in the parking lot in a curb and break her ankle and be in a wheelchair like Mm -hmm. my mom was at 55 years Mm -hmm. old. If she has the reflexes to catch catch herself and she has even the wrist strength to brace against something like you get when you do a snatch and Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, the complexity and the snatch itself might not be something you ever care about but what it does for your body in a lot of different ways the olympic lifts are really beneficial
1: just makes you more resilient
0: exactly Mm -hmm. well i know you have a client um so let's finish this with what is the best part of what you do like what what makes you excited to do what you do every day as your business is growing and you're hiring people and you're getting new locations and I'm sure it gets a little bit more overwhelming as it uh, grows. What like, what keeps you coming back for it and wanting to grow it?
1: So, so for me, I think the, the ultimate, there's a, there's a couple of things, right? One, one, the selfish part of it is that I like problem solving. Mm-hmm. Like I like solving problems. I like, um, you know, I like someone coming in and having something going on with them and, and being able to to problem solve around that with them and, uh, you know, and figure out what's going on that, that I like to do for, for that's selfish. Right. And, but, but the purpose, you know, for me and the purpose of what we do, um, is to help people, um, to help people move, um, to help people move, move freely, move safely, move without fear, um, move more effectively like that. That is our purpose is to get people, um, we 're very passionate about getting and keeping people moving, um, so that is kind of what what drives us um, to come back to continue to work with people to can as you probably know you know because i 'll talk to you right after this about doing a workshop at your gym right yeah. that's what drives us to go meet more people, meet more gym owners, meet more um, clubs, sports clubs, things like that um, to go on and help and help people and you know right now, like I was saying before we 're working with one of the big local soccer clubs mm. because one of our other PTs, Allison is, is extremely passionate about female athletes and, and the rate at which they tear their ACLs and things mm. like that, because we have the research on how to reduce the injuries to do this. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with strength training and all that, and they're just not being implemented. And so, um, and so that having that passion for, for trying to, trying to drive better, better movement um, and reduce injuries and keep people moving and keep people playing that's kind of that's kind of what keeps us coming back i mean one of my one of my favorite clients she, she she's a very interesting client um but she's oh she'll kill me if i get it wrong she's 72 i think okay um and i've been working with her for almost 2 years um when i first saw her she uh she was afraid to go up and down a step okay she PR'd her deadlift at 155.
0: Wow. Right? Like, that's amazing. Uh, a
1: few months ago. Now, Holy she's going to need some, some other stuff now. You know, she does have arthritis and things like that. Yeah. But that is, you know, yeah. that, that's it right there, right? Or, yeah. or teaching, you know, we have a cross-country runner and teaching her how strength training is going to make her faster. Yeah. She's, she's 15 or 16, right? And yeah. so, you know, that's two ends of the spectrum that in, to me that's like that's why we do what we do is because we can we can help these people move better feel better um be healthier and, and help you know like i for the reasons that i do crossfit um, we can help them be harder to kill and be more resilient
0: yeah very cool well where can people find you
1: um so you can find us Do you know
0: your instagram handle? Uh,
1: yes i think i do <laughs> it's it's suarez s-o-p-t yeah yeah so that that's on instagram <laughs> that's instagram twitter we're not as active on twitter but it's instagram twitter um facebook at suarez sport and orthopedic physical therapy um and then at our website suarez physical therapy mm, yeah suarez physical com. Mm-hmm. yeah because suarez pt will take you to uh a Clinic in Vegas, okay. Yeah, it's You're Suarez, not in Vegas, it's not in Vegas. Suarez Physical Therapy.com. Um, yeah, so that's where you can find us. We're pretty active on Instagram, so yeah, if you check our stuff out there, we also have a YouTube page, um, where we have a lot of exercises and things uh, where we explain some of the exercises that we're doing. You guys um, post a
0: lot of valuable stuff, so yeah, follow
1: them. Yeah, if you can, you jump on there, follow us there. We have a lot of fun stuff that we do on Instagram. Um, and then, if you do have questions, feel free to reach reach us out there and uh, through messages on Instagram. And you're
0: doing a you're going to start a podcast.
1: We're going to start a podcast, yeah. Hopefully, in the new <laughs> year, um, ours will be about uh, about movement. So okay. it'll be um, the idea is is uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to. My wife would probably kill me. But it's going to be called um, Move Like You Mean It.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Um, and so the idea is what does movement mean to you? And so movement okay. can mean a bunch of different things. It can mean physical movement. It can mean um, emotional movement. It can mean, you know, if you're a CEO in a business, it can mean, you know, movement of, of the company. Yeah. And different things. And so it'll be, it'll be kind of like that. So, you know, we have baseball players that movement to them might mean how their pitches move. Yeah. Like things like that. So, um, so yeah, that's the idea to, to start. Hopefully it'll start in the new year. Cool. We'll see how that goes. We got a jet
0: um, engine t- taken t- off yeah. in the other room.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's an assault bike going off in the other room for one of our other PTs clients. Love it. Um, but, yeah, awesome. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Pat, Mr. Suarez, <laughs> never call you that ever again.
1: P-Dog, right? <laughs> P-Dog, yes.
0: <laughs> All right, bye, guys. Thank you.